0: This morning we spoke with Michael Antonelli of Baird, a longtime bull who now describes himself as a light bear. This afternoon, we head into the Bell with something close to the opposite. Salem Abraham, when he was here earlier this year, was bearish, told us not to be overexposed in stocks, and discussed the risk of a big upside in inflationary commodity prices. Now he's sounding a little bit more optimistic. Let's bring him in, president at Abraham Trading Company and uh, fund manager of the Fort X Fund, uh, lowered just by 5%, beating the broad market by a healthy amount so far this year, Salem. So you've done a good job navigating. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Oliver, good to be with you.
0: Appreciate that. So tell me about the current view, because uh, just to remind folks, when we spoke back in May, he said people were overexposed in stocks, and that created big risk to the downside. We spoke again in the fall, and he said crude oil could have some major upside still. What's the biggest view you have right now?
1: Well, I think what your viewers ought to keep in mind is we you don't make money with the crowd. You make money staying... Two, three, four steps ahead of the crowd, and what I'm seeing that's interesting to me is, I think we're seeing the Fed has uh, has kind of dealt a lot of pain, and and there's some pain yet to be dealt, but a lot of that's already built in. So that if that's built in, we can say that's priced in the market. And then you say, what's not priced in the market? And the things I don't think are priced into the market are, you know, think six months, twelve months down the road. I see China. The lockdowns in China and and we've got these protests going. I think that's interesting. I think they're going to have trouble keeping COVID zero uh, still this lockdown mode in China. So I think they start opening up China over the next you know three to six months. I think that's positive for the economy. Hmm. And then I think you know supply chain issues work themselves out. There's a lot of good things that are going to happen. And lastly, I think people are underestimating how earnings can increase because of inflation. Just like you have wage inflation, you know the price of commodities going up. But but at some point that trickles down to the earnings, too, of companies. And once they get a footing, I think we see that work, too. So there's a lot of things that haven't, you know, we've got them kind of in the oven, that we haven't brought them out of the oven yet, but it's... Um yeah, if, you, if you've got uh, a big batch of cookies in the oven, don't, don't, don't go anywhere. Just stick around and, <laughs> and wait for them to come out.
0: It seems the earnings potential, even in an inflationary environment, uh, I would say is probably the most important part of this thesis because the framework that I've generally been using is pretty much a catch-22 bear case where we either get an environment like last year where inflation's the major problem, valuations contract as the Fed tries to battle it, or maybe the Fed slows down and inflation slows down but then earnings start to contract and you just get a different type of bear market. So is the view here that maybe earnings don't have to contract that much, even if inflation does slow?
1: Well, well, what I do, you know, if you look at, study Argentina really closely, and I think they're a good kind of just, test case on inflation persisting over a dozen years. And what you see is those, they have 40 to 50% inflation a year, but their stock market goes up 40 to 50% a year and, in, and their earnings go up. So in a way they kind of stay in place. And we haven't, I think a lot of companies like say Target have gotten, you know, uh, caught on their heels with raising prices fast enough. And, and you know, and we've had trouble with the economy as well. But I think a lot of that works itself out over the next six months, Oliver. And I think there's opportunities um, here coming up. And again, you want to stay ahead of the crowd. If you're with the crowd, you're in the wrong spot. You want to be three, four steps ahead and you need to be thinking what's coming up next.
0: And do that uh, potential for uh, China's reopen, maybe one of those um, uh, surprises coming out of the oven. Does that not just pump up inflation and keep the Fed on its hawkish guard?
1: Well, it, it would, but it would also pumps up the, the economy, and I think it helps, you know, and it helps some supply chain issues as well if, if they open back up in China. And, you know, China, it's fascinating. It's kind of like... Um, I think it's sort of like, you know, there's only like, say, college campuses with COVID. You can only lock them down for so long. And I think, you know, with any anybody, even in the U.S., anybody, not just college kids, I don't want to pick on them. But I think you've you've had China really locked down and they're kind of fed up with it. And I think that so if COVID if COVID zero goes away in China, what happens? And you'd say, you know, that's a, that's going to be a, a boost for the economy. So it may create some inflation, but overall, it's good for the economy. I think that's the bigger, the bigger factor.
0: As far as the uh, inflationary example of Argentina, uh, Salem, what about uh, the con- consumption nature of us uh, in the. US though uh, Of course we export oil in a very big way now uh, and some commodities too but uh, an inflationary environment for a heavy commodity exporting company is a lot countries a lot uh, easier to tolerate. Uh, if it just makes prices higher for us, um, how does that fit? Because it seems like right now all this market cares about is whether bonds are going down or going up, inflation going up or going down
1: right well well i i think and i you know but if you look at these these let's say the 10 year rate i mean a 4% 10 year rate historically that's really on the low side if anything and so we can withstand the rates the rates are going to move around and it's it's actually kind of interesting that they've got rates moving now instead of having them in a the headlock at basically zero so so you know we've the, the interest rates will move and that's fine um and inflation's going to be there and it's going to take people time to adjust but again think six months 12 months out people will adjust to the inflation that's there the fed is really has put a lot of you know a lot of the brakes on inflation i think that's going to take effect it doesn't happen quickly you know overnight and I think it works itself out to say, you know, what's, what the, what does the world look like in six months and 12 months out? And I, I just think there's a lot of things that are positive out there that aren't built in the market. And again, I want to stay ahead of the crowd. That's how I've made money as a trader over the last three plus decades. And I don't make money with the crowd. The crowd, if you're in the crowd, it feels good, but you don't make as much money. I want to be ahead of the crowd. And I think that's where, that's, that's where I'd suggest your viewers think six, 12 months out. There's a lot of good things that are going to be happening there.
0: Hey, with the S and P 500 down 15, 17 percent, the Nasdaq down 30 percent, your fund is uh, uh, beating the heck out of those. So you've been ahead for sure of the market this year. Last point, uh, uh, Salem is about specifically crude oil price. When we spoke last, you said within a year we could see 200 for oil. Is that still in the framework? Uh, how have you uh, uh, thought about this big decline in WTI? Yeah, no,
1: I. I um I think the decline is, you know, has maybe uh, caused me to scratch my head a little bit. But when I, every time I look, Oliver, at the energy, the oil and gas market, there's such an underinvestment in new, you know, in new drilling and, and new wells. And, you know, if you open up China um, and you get this economy really totally beyond COVID then i think you're going to be sure you're not going to have enough oil and gas to supply the market i think it takes a long time to fix those problems those supply problems and you're just people aren't investing in oil and gas you know you're a bad person if you invest in oil and gas uh you know you you hate the planet you hate your grandkids you hate uh you know you're not welcome to the country club all that and so it's fascinating to see the lack of investment in something we still use we all want to go green but we're not there yet so you need to be careful that you know. I think those assets are going to be still in demand. Those
0: commodities. Okay. I think, as I've said before, I guess it depends which country club, right? You guys golf out in Texas. I'm sure that uh, they welcome in uh, some oil catters out there. We, I, yeah,
1: I live in the country, <laughs> Oliver, way out, so it doesn't matter. There's, if you're a country club, you just go. Yeah, you get three people. It's a club out here where, where right. I live.
0: Sounds good, Salem. Thanks for the update on the uh, view. Really appreciate the insight. Great stuff, Salem Abraham. Four decks is the fund A little bit more of an optimistic case here that China's reopening could be a positive for the global economy and investors.